last time on the Reroll Podcast. As a confused party looks on, I return to a well, long forgotten in the Crabnox. This is where you found Zarox, and by extension, Azroth. But it seems Hogoth has found it, and he's brought someone, or something, to it. Whatever you're doing here, you can't do it. Oh, but I can. It is too late for this world, Groth. All of the forgotten souls hunger to return. I can only watch as he performs some dark incantation. Necro um, nos finalto. Letting blood pour out, black with rot, into the well. And so, it begins. The entirety of Rel shakes. Chaos and cataclysm dominate our world. A massive beam of crackling purple energy erupts from the Kravnok Mountains, shattering a mighty peak. And the sky itself cracks and fractures. Blue gives way to a dim, dark purple that spreads like an infection, blotting out the sun. The party is scattered across the dreamscape, to a place where vengeance always wins. This isn't real! Groth! Groth, get me out of here! To a long-lost reunion of two intertwined souls. What happened? Where are you? I've been looking. They took me deep underground. A place where godhood is realized. Bo, you may be the only mortal who is not dead to witness the scales of Cosmos. And a place where clemency is a rare commodity. I know this is hard for you, Kiaren. You are going to have to go back. How would this reality have changed when the party returns? What will normal even mean from now on? What has Hogoth done? Welcome back to the Reroll Podcast. All right. I don't know if I'm recovered enough from last yeah. episode. Yeah. I need some therapy sessions first. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I did a lot of talking, so I'm going to sit this one out. Um, take it away, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> But can we? Right. Star's gonna so bleed the shit out of. That was <laughs> drives to Vegas. Wow, that's a little glimpse of if I'm not here to moderate this podcast. Everybody just screaming into the microphone. Right. Can we actually do a therapy session? Session. Uh yeah. Bo, you're the therapist. <laughs> oh man, I don't have money to pay you. <laughs> hey, it's real life. Do you do you accept dead bees as a currency? Yeah, what is the current state of of Rel's like? Um, Do you accept dead mental health care infrastructure? The current state, or like pre last episode? <laughs> I said the current state of anything sounds like it's a little, a little dicey at the moment. Well, fuck yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. In, in spirit of last episode, being thrown out of the material plane you live in, uh, when have you been thrown out of your comfort zone? <laughs> if you so wish to share, maybe this icebreaker is. <laughs> When you got thrown Anytime out. Anytime I have to be near you guys. I mean. <laughs> right. And why do you well, do no, it? The weird part is, is is you make, yeah, you like, you voluntarily do that. You weren't forced to. Yeah, everyone tells you to like get outside your comfort zone. So I have. I think you're one. just doing something you don't like. That's different than getting outside your comfort oh, zone. I don't know the difference then. <laughs> right. Um, when I was younger, my, one of my first jobs, if not my first job. I think it was my first job. 
I worked at a theme park. It was super fun. <laughs> um, I worked there all through the summer and everything was fine. And then uh, October came and historically they did a haunted house. And my a bunch of my friends were applying and I was like, <laughs> I'll try it as a joke. There's no way I'm going to get that shit. Uh, <laughs> I can't act. And they had me do beg to differ. But <laughs> this is before I had ever tried this. And that's why it was <laughs> such a weird sort of. Out so of this laid, that laid the foundation for the amazing <laughs> performances that we see today. It kind of did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I went in and um, they were like, do your best witch laugh. And I tried and it sounded horrible. And they were like. Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, I didn't. Yeah, can our can our ice rigger be you do your best witch laugh? <laughs> oh, my God. I it was horrible and it still will be horrible today. Um, All right. Now do Ray Romano. As the witch laugh? Do Ray Romano doing his best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, how much how much more? What's the threshold we reach of making making fun of Ray Romano before he just like actually like serves us with he like might. he like sues us? Maybe, well, I wonder if like, he, right, is that's, he that's like notoriously a Pathfinder fan or like what? Is right. he yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But um, yeah, call so Ray Romano and see. I'll we like him. reach out. He's like, he's like, I, guys, I actually, re- excuse me, guys, I actually really like your podcast. Can you tone it down a little? A little heavy on but the I got, I got to be honest, the Ray Romano stuff's starting to get to me. It's <laughs> perfect. Spot on. I'm sorry, sorry like Octavia, please, despite all okay. this, please continue. First of all, story. you know there's somebody who hates that fucking joke, and we haven't done it in like 20 episodes, and they're like, God damn it, here it comes again. There's no way it's been 20 episodes. Yeah, yeah. we do that at least like every third episode. Um, yeah, it's like every other. <laughs> so basically, um, I started working in the haunted house, and I was really uncomfortable with it first like the first week i was there i really was like i should just like tell them i quit this is so weird i don't think i can do it they had me dressed up in this crazy makeup i had like an outfit on and it was you know what i think what it was that really kept me there was my friends and the experience of getting all this shit put on you like we would listen to scary music in oh, the yeah. Hell yeah. fucking bathrooms and stuff it was <laughs> it was great so we would get our little haunt on there and um going in at first it was weird i didn't really know how to scare people but turns out jump scares are key and i kind of learned over time to just sort of get into this weird sort of thing and there wasn't any talking it was mostly yelling and other weird shit but from there i kind of i really do think that sort of opened me up to be a little bit more like oh shit you can play a character you can do other things i don't have to be uh, myself yeah no it was really weird um it was well that's you know a textbook reason why it's a good idea to go out of your comfort zone sometimes because you just might discover things about yourself that you wouldn't know before and mm-hmm. discover things you really like well unsurprisingly i did not join drama at all through high school i was in choir but that's that's a different sort of area and uh now i am being a fucking nerdy drama kid as an adult with a bunch of my friends <laughs> so <laughs> there we go get out of your comfort zone sometimes it's fun right yeah, I mean, like, that is super great segue to when um, I moved into the house that we all lived in, and Tanner was like, you're required to play D&D if, we, if you live here, and I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's in the <laughs> Which I'm is sorry. so weird Too to me. goddamn bad. I was like, I legitimately did not want to. I was like, that sounds so stressful, I'm too shy, I can't do it, I'm gonna die. And then we did it, and it was great, and never went back. Except for now. Yeah. Now we're doing Pathfinder, but, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I mean, like I, it wasn't the very first time that I did karaoke, but it's probably like the second time. Maybe this lady at the bar was just super fucking insistent that I go sing Jesus take the wheel with her. And I didn't know who this lady <laughs> was. And I've also never heard that song before that point. So I had no idea what the lyrics or like the, any of the like harmony or anything was. And I still did it. And it was really stupid. And I don't think anything actually like beneficial came out of that encounter, but goddamn it stuck with me. And just like up there, like looking over, like, geez, take the wheel, take and trying to like, cause I don't know, karaoke set up in a way where it's like, it, you get the lyrics, obviously, but if you don't know the fucking song, like, you're not gonna be able to follow along very easily. You sure just taking the advice of the song. But Jesus. And it's not like, right, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's symbolic. You're right. Yeah, I should let Jesus take The answer was right there, Zane. Honestly. <laughs> now, I've never done karaoke before. I think the closest to karaoke I've ever gotten was me and Tanner uh, and everyone else in the house playing foosball and us being really drunk and screaming Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Right. <laughs> you know, a lot of people would Foosball's say like, oh, you know. always very fun. <laughs> so that, Like white white people don't really have any culture but that's a cornerstone <laughs> of like caucasian culture is screaming along oh, with sweet, sweet caroline, caroline oh, yeah. being kind of like inebriated <laughs> heavily yeah. inebriated most nights anyway <laughs> i drank everyone's beer because i cannot keep track of mine <laughs> that was um, so funny when i'm drunk <laughs> and ayla yelled at me a handful of times for it. <laughs> i wasn't yelling it was like it was just like why do you keep doing this octavia why did you drink my beer <laughs> that's mine it was like so funny because it was a phase and then it, it faded it literally went away and it never happened again is uh, <laughs> i learned how to keep track of your beer <laughs> no it's like the um negative reinforcement get yelled at if you don't drink your own beer <laughs> So I started slipping LSD into my beer so nobody will take it. It's like when you put like, <laughs> spicy like shit in your work at lunch or in your lunch at work. So the person who steals it is a spicy surprise instead it's LSD. <laughs> uh, and they're fired because they're on LSD. Good job, you're fucked up at work. Here's this is completely unrelated, but here's a quick fun history fact for you. That's what the CIA did for a very long time. At, like. <laughs> work parties like in the huh. 60s what a fun prank just slipping lsd to people and being like hey got him silly it just <laughs> it makes me think of that one restaurant you went to they, that lady really did like you so she kept making your food spicier but you liked it so you just kept going back <laughs> <laughs> that spicy bond me just kept getting like mm. by the third time i had another one i was like oh my god she's really trying to kill me <laughs> good though <laughs> speaking of some this. spicy oh. oh you got one oh. no Brennan. yeah brennan's gone i was uh yeah i was just thinking i i was in the car once with a friend of mine who i didn't know was fucking insane and he ended up doing like 140 miles an hour down this old country road and like catching air on these knolls and stuff sounds like a um, nightmare I just, you know, at the time I was I like, I don't know yelling. if I'm about to die or not, but there's not really anything I can do about it, and I'm not gonna fuck with this guy while he's got his yeah, really yeah. focus. I don't really want to this dude's focus right now. When we get out of this car, I'm gonna have words. And then, then about three minutes into it, I was like, you know what? It's actually pretty fun. And then I, I definitely didn't um, start down a path toward getting progressively faster vehicles and breaking more traffic laws. I mean, I imagine, Definitely like, never normally, happened. like, what people's first impression or, like, their first foray into, like, rally driving or rally racing is, because that shit's terrifying, no matter what. Oh, yeah, it is. 
Yeah, I got to do that in my buddy's RX-7 once. That was Never. That was interesting. That's a <laughs> weird rally racing car. That would definitely yeah. be outside my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Not real rally racing, but uh, we were on a track. We yeah, yeah. Fucking around in the dirt. RX-7. That definitely <laughs> reminds me of another story where um, this one guy I was in the car with, I was in the car with my cousin and this other guy who was dating someone. It's complicated. But he was driving, and he's driving like 90 everywhere he goes. And then he saw a deer during hunting season, which, but you're not supposed to get out of the car and shoot the fucking deer on the side of the road, which he did. And then he shoved it into the trunk and it wasn't dead yet. And Jesus so it was Christ. kicking in the trunk. And I was like, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't, I don't really story. like. I haven't heard this before. <laughs> and then there had already been like a bag with like deer heart and liver in it. Sit with a bag of blood in the car. And I was just like, this is just like a lot. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'd say that's firmly outside of most people's yeah, comfort yeah. zone. I don't know why, but so. I imagine the bag of blood's like a Walmart bag, too. It's like a Ziploc. <laughs> no. No. It was... No, it's a Walmart bag. <laughs> that's canon yeah. now. But, speaking... yeah, that was pretty uncomfortable, I'd say. Speaking of yeah. Walmart bags of blood, <laughs> we left our, our, our sluts in a pretty precarious situation. The plastic bag. Like... The flaccid, I don't, sluts. <laughs> Groth, you were standing outside the alchemist lab under this awning that has kind of been ripped away mostly by this concussive force. And around you are pretty much all of your allies. Bo bleeding from the mouth and nose after being launched farther than anybody and you're imbued with this arcane energy from whatever that was it glows purplish what are you doing <laughs> look around at the chaos around me that like clearly I have there's there's lines tracing out from Groth's body, I'm sure, like debris and shit. And he's like, oh, oh. this is this is cool, but the survivors are gonna be really mad at me. <laughs> fuck that I do. What the fuck that mountain? <gasps> I broke the Kravnox. Just <laughs> immediately spotting the missing peak because I'm always looking at those bitches. And it is a colossal peak that's gone. And still, you see that beam of energy just ever-present, funneling into the sky. It's, in fact, the only really real kind of source of light now. The sun is gone. It's dim light everywhere, except for that purple radiant beam. Do I maybe recognize the general direction of that radiant beam? Oh, I think you know exactly where that radiant beam <laughs> is coming from. But what did Doctor say? Fuck. Double chocolate. What, what did you say? Double chocolate ass. Double chocolate ass. Yeah. Double, double chocolate ass. mountain. Okay. That's is, canon now. Is Flint conscious? <laughs> At this point, nobody's conscious. Groth, you can attempt okay. to wake anyone up. Um. Yeah, Groth is. Take one last look at that beam and be like, "Fuck!" Oh, I didn't think that was real. And he's gonna he's gonna shuffle on over and start just kind of like kicking at people. Like, he's gonna hit Flint and Bo because those are the two that are here, or at least right immediately my side. I think. Okay, Flint, Bo, 
Buh. Both of you are kicked awake. Buh. 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 <laughs> and Bo, I think you, you are oh. hurting. If I'm not mistaken, from last week's adventure. Bo will probably just lean forward and just be bracing his head in both hands, just being like, ah. Yeah, Flint will kind of stir too, kind of like turn over and, you know, bring himself up on his elbows or whatever out of the dirt and just be like, ah. What the bloody hell just happened? Bo, are you okay? Oh, you don't look so good. He's like touching underneath his nose, like feeling and looking like for blood and touching like different parts of his face and looking for different indications to see like what's going on. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know yet. Carl's going to be like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, kicked everybody's ass, but that, that. He's going to point up at the top of the mountain and be like, that wasn't me. That was not me. What in the seven hells? Well, you started it. That's all I know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Just kidding. What's... Uh, Flint will turn over and... I don't know. Who's closest to him? Star? Star laying on the ground? Or Star was coming out of the Yeah, lab Star and Kieran were knocked back into the lab. Okay. Um, Before you decide on who you're going to wake up, uh, since if you're looking well, in that nobody, direction... If there's nobody else out here. Well, I mean, we were... I, I thought we were pretty close anyway. We were, were probably right outside the door. I said you got knocked back into the lab. Oh, we got knocked back into the lab. He did, he did say the second force. that you see. Yeah, yeah it was like we the second you saw me. ran out and immediately got shot back through the door. <laughs> yeah. You're in my lab. Mm. It's like an explosion. <laughs> it blew you to safety. <laughs> That's how they work. <laughs> do you we... do as well see... Um, sorry to interrupt. You do as well see Louie sort of like picking himself up after being crashed into like a uh, like a, a couple of armor racks and making this horrible clanking mm. noise and he actually has to kind of push the collapsed part of the awning up and kind of climb out um I don't forgive you and also do we have any <laughs> recollection uh of the these kind of memories or trance or dreams that we had experienced Oh, 100%. They just happened in your mind. Okay. Um, yeah, Flint will drag himself up the rest of the way and just kind of turn and look and just... Raven? Hammerhead, are you okay? And you see the sort of tent has collapsed, the large uh, ornate tent of Lord Remy, and you see Hammerhead, like, dragging Raven out, and he looks back at you. And just kind of like waves, uh, like as if he heard you, but he's quite a distance away. Yells something back. You can't really tell. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, Flint's going to pick himself up and run over there. But we'll probably, okay. but we'll probably be getting on his feet, recalling that the la one of the last things that he had done was call for Star and not seeing her here is probably pretty alarming. Okay. Uh, Flint, you... You run out that way, and you see Hammerhead, Raven, uh, Spring, and even Lord Remy just kind of, like, gathering themselves, getting out of this collapsed tent. Uh, a small fire has started, and Hammerhead's kind of stomping it out from the knocked-over uh, brazier uh, under the weight of the tent. 
Bo, are you looking for Star then? He's, yeah, he's studying himself, getting himself on his feet and heading to where he probably, I don't know if he saw her coming out, but where he last knew they would might be. Sure. So, Bo, you are looking around for Star and you start headed towards the, the lab. And meanwhile, on the inside, Star, you begin coming to sort of thrown against like a barrel of of apples that you've knocked over just kind of climbing on it and trying to get your footing while they're rolling beneath you and you see right next to you Kiaren convulsing violently and every few seconds the shadow that she used to split from herself kind of rips away from her body for a few feet and gets sucked back in and then is she's silent and then after about 10 seconds, again, just rips forward and you hear like this sort of like hollow, empty scream and back in. Just like Sony's hit film Venom. <laughs> just, but not enough to be sued. Not enough like it. Just ambiguous enough. Oh, okay. Starring Tom Smarty. Brady. So. <laughs> Tom so Softy. Is- Come on, guys. Uh, is so is Kieran like awake or <laughs> is this? Flaccid. I'm watching this happen. You're watching and this happen. Okay, she's convulsing. I think Star, um, seeing this, she like I think she's still dizzy. Her head is still spinning with the sounds, the visions, the the smell of Faya and this place that she knew had to be the Feywild. Um, and she's. She's dizzy, but she gets up shakily, and she sees this dark elf, or this dole elf. And she, before she has much of a conscious thought, she jumps on top of um, Kiaren, and she pulls a fist back, and one solid hit straight to the jaw, and she says, you can't fucking die right now. Get up, get up. And she, like, as she sees, I think she, maybe she lets a couple of pulls go at Kiaren's face. And um, she, after a second, stops. Her, that wasn't her fist. That's not the color of her fur. And she looks like still sitting on top of this uh, Dolel. And she's pulling her hands up to look at them. And they're white and covered in fur. And she goes to grab her face. What? What What is this? Who am I? And at that moment, you spin around to see Bo standing in the doorway and describe to all of us what Bo sees. Bo, you see a like almost unnaturally white furred fox creature like the color of her fur is so of their fur anyway is so bright it's almost glowing it's you hear what not exactly star's voice but you 
see this creature just snarling and confused and shaking her head and you hear this, who am I? What am I? And it's just, you see a pointed snout, sharp teeth that you can only really make out the back of her, but um, I mean, that she's shaking to the side trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And Bo, why don't you describe to me what Star sees? Bo's walking up haggard, but um, slowly kind of getting better uh, grip to to this whole walking thing, I guess. <laughs> and it gets a little faster. And um, once he sees this creature who is kind of leaning over Kiaran, who's one of their newfound friends, yells out, You, back away from her! And when you look at him, he looks like Bo. He looks, you know, tired and maybe in hurt. But one of his eyes is gray and now one of them is green. And there's this swept, um, kind of like a skunk stripe through his hair. Like this white streak that you've never seen before. I think Star hearing this, she flips her head around with a a snarl and she looks and then she squints a little bit and she's like Bo? Bo, what's happening? Why do you look like that? He immediately realizes it's you but then just gets defensive and is like me? What do you mean me? Have you seen yourself? You're not even (laughs) what you're supposed to be. You're not a cat. What is fucking going on? And what do you mean, me? (laughs) I think the confusion is too much for Star, and she, like, over, not on Kieran, but to the side of her, she just, she throws up a little bit. She's like, oh, oh, fuck. And I think at this point, Bo, you see Kieran in the state she's in, where her shadow self is just kind of, like, splintering out and retracting back in and splintering out and retracting back in. Um, Bo immediately feels bad for yelling at you and is like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not a yeller, I'm a healer. And he like goes over and puts his hand on your back and pats you as you're puking. And then um Hold her ears. <laughs> yeah, hold her ears. And uh leans down to to try to help Kiaran. Give me an occultism check. Ooh, a 28. Nice. Crushed it. Okay. This is something terrible. There is a ritual that has gone wrong. And whatever this incursion cataclysm was has disturbed the balance between and, and you can see the darkness of Kiaran is fighting with, for lack of a better term, the light. And, and her physical self and the shadowy spirit is trying to reconnect, but having trouble. She needs help and desperately, or she is going to die. However, you feel that if you use the heal spell, it will temporarily suppress the ill effects. 
Not completely, but maybe enough to buy you some time. So I don't know what exactly would need to be done to be able to fix this? Or what type of thing or magic? You know what type of magic. It does need, uh, what's it fucking called? Holy magic? It does need divine magic. But it needs a ritual. It needs more than one person. And you immediately think, I need Vesserin. Okay. I think that Bo will actually vocalize that, even knowing that no no one knows who that is, just because it's just something he needs. What do you say? I need Vesterin. Okay. And I think uh, at this point, Star, I think you're the only one who heard that, uh, but you tell me, Groth, what are you doing? Uh, Groth is hanging back to the forge. He is um, helping just dig people out of rubble and stuff like, you know, just being what a giant is good at. Okay, great. I'm going to have you roll me something, but I don't know. <laughs> Anything, really. Just yeah. roll. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> what do you, give me give me a d20. No, just kidding. What do you what do you think you are using here? Are you using just lifting heavy shit, probably athletics. Athletics, okay. Yeah, any, give me an athletics. chunks of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Uh it's a flaccid 20. Yeah, okay, so you're, yeah, you and Louie kind of team up together, and slowly more people are kind of joining your cause here. I don't know, none of the rest of the party is here to see this, but maybe Louie is. Um, as Groth is, like, just digging, moving rubble, and being like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to. Maybe Louie notices a few, like, pebbles kind of stuck on his neck and his face, and just exposed skin. It's like, Groth, you gotta, I don't know. Tells me he's got a little something. Groth maybe brushes the pebbles off. And then... Yeah, big man, you got something on your neck there. Oh, sorry, yo. It's some dirty work. And then, uh... Right. A couple of minutes later, the pebbles are back in the exact same spots. Groth, I think you have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> the skin is kind of starting to, like, almost crack and become brittle around these things. Well, the next uh, 20, 30 minutes, Groth's skin is going to turn stony and earthy. Flint was going to come back and check in with Groth in a minute, so if you wanted to play into it that way. Yeah, you might be the first one to notice that my actual yeah. skin is changing. You're not, not going to have 20, 30 minutes before some more crazy shit comes <laughs> there, so. All right, Flint, what, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, Flint will, Flint's gonna run up to uh to Hammerhead and Raven. Is Raven unconscious? No, she's she's conscious. What the fuck was that? I don't know. We gotta figure out what the hell's going on though. Is he's gonna look over and see what Remy's doing? Is Remy like okay? Yeah, he's kind of dusting off his uh like finer clothes, and he's like, by the. Gods, looking up at this purplish light. Is the Empire behind this? God, it wasn't me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, does it look like Hammerhead's got that fire under control? Yeah, it's it's got stopped pretty pretty easily. Okay. I don't know what the hell is going on, but we should all gather up over at the lab. 
and he's going to motion for everybody to kind of follow him, help Raven up if she needs it, and run over back to the lab. Okay. Kind of yelling for Donovan along the way, too. Uh, I would like to try to cast something, too. Yeah, what would you like to do? I don't know if stabilize would be the correct thing to do. Um, or if that's, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, stabilize isn't going to help. If you cast the heal spell, the spell heal, I do it will that. temporarily help. Okay. Okay. I think Stark maybe realizing she's in the way and is still just kind of delirious. She she looks down at this elf, this dole elf, and she looks at her hands again that are now sullied with blood. And she backs away. She crawls, she scrambles off of Kiaran. And she starts to sort of huddle into herself. And I think Bo is, you might hear her just quietly at first. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no and she's just kind of sitting in this corner laughing quietly to herself like oh, there's no fucking way there's no fucking way uh Bo I think Bo is second healing is second nature so he's able to kind of keep looking back at you and keep an eye on you while you're c kind of going through it okay so in Pathfinder second edition the heal spell you can alter its effects by using subsequent actions. And since we're not in encounter mode, uh, you can use as many as you like. Uh, uh, what would you like to do there? Um, I mean, I'm guessing... I don't know, can I... Well, I mean, do I see them heading over here or anyone heading this way at not this yet. point? Not yet. Uh, okay. Can I just kind of start healing? Because what I, what I want to do is do the this burst, this mm -hmm. thirty foot emanation. But I wanted to be when they're over here, which I don't know that they're coming. But can I kind of time it right where I'm like I'm healing, I'm charging it up, and by the time. No, I don't think that really makes sense with the context here because you don't know they're coming and Kiaran is in desperate need of help right now. Like, she is screaming in agony. Since it's going to take a little bit longer to, like, be able to do this, like, this big... It's going to take six seconds. Oh, yeah. okay. But Bo could do that as another action also once everybody gets here, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have multiple yeah, heal spells a day. Are you uh, okay. are you casting okay. heal? Yeah. On Kiaran? Okay, so as is it Bo, a sorry? Is it a ritual spell, Bo? It's just the heal spell or a focus spell. I mean, it's not a focus spell. Uh, clerics get like th two or three spell slots exclusively for heal every day. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's. It's pretty cool, but I can't look at your character sheet. So, so you cast this sort of wave over Kiaran, and Kiaran, your eyes jolt awake, and you find yourself in the material realm, but you are in pain. It's, it's like your whole body is being split in two. Um, when we get in encounter mode, uh, every 
turn, you're going to roll a will save. And I'm going to get one from you right now. Okay. 17? Okay, 17 is enough. So you can sort of act normally for the next couple minutes, but you are slowed one. So if encounter mode breaks out, you will have two actions instead of three each turn. Okay. Uh, Kiaran will jolt up and uh, grab you, like, tightly by the, like, your armor. Do you have armor on? Well, actually, at this point, you do not. You actually came back adorned in those burgundy robes. So Karen grabs to the robes and, like, pulls you close and is like, I can't go back. They said I could be redeemed. I can't be redeemed. Don't let me go back. Bo just says, I'm here now. I can help you. And then this, like... I guess this emanation of, like, healing uh, goes out to you and to Star. And yourself. Don't forget yeah. to heal yourself, because I think you are a little hurt. Um, and at this point, Tree Bark is coming around the corner, and he's got... Him and uh, Lilac have Kella in between their arms, and Kella's badly hurt. Um, and they're coming through, and they're like... Quick, quick, come. We need to get her outside. Come into my emanation. <laughs> into my fart cloud. And you also hear from outside Flint gathering everybody as well. What are you guys doing? What did uh, Treebark say? Uh, Treebark said that Kella was injured and that they were taking her outside. I'm assuming, like, as Bo's starts to turn to go help um Kieran's grip will tighten a, a bit more before like slowly releasing Bo's not leaving he's probably just looking turning his attention um did Flint find Donovan did he present himself you can't seem to find Donovan. He's nowhere outside. You finally reconnected with Groth, and at this point, you see Treebark and Lilac carrying Kella outside. Okay. Um, do I see anybody, like, just from the actual, like, resistance party or anything like that? Uh, Olivia and her sister uh, are now assisting Groth and Louie, uh, and then, obviously, Treebark and com company. Okay. Um, Flint kind of rolling up, seeing Olivia, to say, Olivia! Find Donovan. We need a head count. We need to make sure everybody's accounted for. And um, I guess as Flint kind of comes up into the light and you're able to see him a little more clearly, you'll notice that, like, it's definitely still Flint. But, like, you almost wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup um, if you didn't know him so well. Because where there was, like, this really rough, or, like, unrefined, rough-and-tumble sort of, like, you know, dwarven, scrappy fighter guy, this dude now um almost looks more he could be like brushing sh uh, shoulders with like you know noblemen and knights and stuff he has like this really refined still like armor on but it's like there's kind of more like finer like silks and fabrics woven in between them and where there was like all these cuts and like you know scars and things on his face he looks very well like manicured and he just looks very well put together 
And the way he carries himself is almost just, like, entirely different. Like, much more upright and a little more, like, elegant than you would definitely be used to. Most importantly, what does the milk car smell like now? We'll we'll come to that, don't worry. Okay. Gar milk. <laughs> Tell me, please. It smells like Earl Grey. <laughs> Tell me, with milk. No. <laughs> <laughs> they took everything from me. <laughs> everything! Len, did you say you're, you're headed back toward kind of the area out front by the forge and stuff yeah yeah kind of trying to muster everybody grass gonna be like holy shit fancy man it's with the change of clothes ah flint will like just look like do like a double takedown and just kind of be like what the bloody hell is going on here beats me buddy what is uh what does Groth look like at this point he's probably uh by the way, the reason my change wasn't immediate is because it's an actual like genetic thing, so I just figured I would start growing this uh, kind of rocky skin. But yeah, uh, I would say like definite plates are starting to form across between these like pebbles that just appear to be like stuck to Groth's already dirty, filthy, debris-covered <laughs> like body. Yeah, Flint kind of like now getting a clearer look at him in the light. This is... Big man, you, you're looking a little off yourself there. And like gestures towards his neck. You know, these damn bug rock things keep jumping on me. <laughs> mm. And Louis speaks up and he's like, I don't think that's what you think it is, big man. Oh shit, what is it? What is it? Get it off, Louis. I don't know if I should or can. Um, and at this point, Treebark and Lilac carrying Kella come over and, and sort of prop up Kella on the ground. She looks like she's been badly hurt by some acid um, and kind of throwing two and two together. She was likely in the Alchemist lab when this sort of earthquake happened. And, uh, Bo and Kiaren, uh, actually, Kiaren? Uh, I think as Karen's hands slowly released from Bo, she gives him a push and says, The little one needs you. Hi, I, I'll be okay. I think with that, Bo tries to either help you up, and if you can't, he'll just pick you up and take you to them. Uh... She'll kind of shrug you off and push you in that direction and slowly follow. Bo will wait for... We'll look back at Star and see. Make sure that Star doesn't get left here. Seeing Bo's hesitance, Kiaren will turn to Star and offer a hand. Swelled up eye. Fucking bruised. <laughs> Who did that? I don't know. <laughs> Must have fallen and hit my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think Star looks up with this kind of wide, crazy look at Kieran. She's like, "You." And she'll like try to shake it, shake this thought out of her head, and she'll get up and just sort of shrug past Kieran, hitting her with her shoulder following Bo out. <laughs> Karen's like, fucking on your period. Yeah, like, 
Karen's like, what the fuck? Karen said, I'm like split between heaven and hell right now. I really can't do this. Bo will look back at Kiaran and just kind of like try to understand, like look at you like, what was that? And then well, like shrug and then move on. Kiaran's like, I don't even know who this person is. So they probably just don't like my type. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> What's this fox bitch's problem? <laughs> and I think at this point, you all are reconvening outside the lab. Well, actually, let's rewind that back a little bit. Bo is walking towards you guys with Kiaran in tow, but in front of them is this strange white furred fox creature. What's going on, Flint and Groth? Oi, more new friends. You guys weren't here earlier, were you? When Bo walks up, he notices Flint and it's like, God, whatever hit all of us seemed to hit you differently. <laughs> Glow up. And he's like brushing back his like white streak. <laughs> oh God, my ring got stuck in my hair as I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. After the phone, just be like, "Holy man, is that you?" But and Starlet's out here too, right? Yep. And then yeah, just kind of looks over, and just like his just confused look on his face, and leans forward and just Starlet. And Star's just kind of still with this sort of crazy look in her eyes. She just <sighs> Flint. What the fuck? Why do you Flint look will, like that? <laughs> Flint will, yeah, look back and forth between them, look down at himself, and then kind of look over at the the big purple beam coming up out of the crab knocks. And uh, kind of turn back towards Groth and just say, Groth, what the hell did you do? What? What is this? <laughs> Groth's going to walk up to... Uh... Starlet, still just completely not getting it, and be like, Oi, I'm Groth. Nice to meet you. Oh, I didn't do this. <laughs> the beam coming out of the crab knocks behind me. Middle name is I'm Groth, didn't do this. <laughs> your last name is, because I don't know what Groth's last name is. Bo probably gives we a goofy ass big grin and, and is just like, It's it's Star. <laughs> Trying to you help. Know, Flint. Flint is very serious about this. He'll he'll march up to Groth and like grab him by the belt and like turn him back and say, Groth, what the hell did you do? I think at this point, Kieran kind of slowly caught up and just pushes through and says, it's not the time. You heard him. The girl needs help. And goes up to Kella and starts trying to see what's going on. She's very badly injured, Treeberg says. She was in the lab, and, and a myriad of ingredients and potions combined on her, and, and you can see, like, she's got acid burn. She's got, like, her left arm is disproportionate in size. Her eyes are milky white, and she looks just like hell. Bo keeps having these moments of being, like, weirdly nonchalant and then hyper-focused on, like, who needs help. Okay. I don't know if any sort of nature check would help in this situation. <laughs> uh, do you have a... Actually, I'll... I think I'll reach out to help in, like, I'm trying to see what's going on, and a wave of 
almost like divine energy just comes out of my hands into her, and I'm going to lay on hands. Oh, wow. Accidentally. Give me a will save. <laughs> Chaotic <laughs> divine Give me a will save. hands. Yep. Okay. 22. Okay. As this comes out, you sort of flinch for a second, and I think flint and groth you see this and like for a split second her shadow split of herself sort of like her echo sort of splits just an inch away from her body but reconnects and this wave of healing goes out and uh kella's arm returns to size these acid burns heal up and her eyes regain their color she's just where am where am I? What happened? I think I kind of stumble back looking at my hands and just plop on the ground. <laughs> but was probably looking at you like wide-eyed like, holy shit, you did that better than I could ever. Who's the new chick? That was cool. Flint's doubling down and wants to, he wants Groth to like explain what all the floating and stuff was. Oh, did, um, not that. Which I know, I know, I know. That's exactly what a Lloyd would say if he did break a mountain. But uh, The last thing that I saw before I blinked out of existence into some, some space in between all this was you floating there. Oh, I was floating. Where the hell did you think you were? Well, oh, I thought I was right there up there on the crab knocks put a gun I did not do that and Flint will kind of think about just like yeah just his experience and stuff after the after everything kind of blacked out and just say well what did you see well I know now where Hogoth went so you're telling me Hogoth was involved in this? Intimately. I... I don't know who he was with. I've heard stories that, uh... Might be clues, but... If they're true, fuck. We're in trouble. We need to find out what the hell is going on. We need to find out... We need to find out how to fix this. Have you heard of uh, the Frozen Prince? He may have been mentioned in Brunswick. That's a good question. Have I heard about the Frozen Prince? Why don't we uh, get a little check there? Do you have a society score? No. Uh, do you have any lore skills or anything? I have lore underworld. Uh, sure, sure. Because, I mean, like, Flint spent a lot of time in Brunsold. No, no, no. Go ahead and give me a Lord Under... Lore Underworld. <laughs> Lord Underworld. That's a cool name. <laughs> Timmy and That's Lords specific. of Underworld. That's <laughs> 16. Okay. Uh, with the 16, I don't think it's enough to know this obscure figure. Not even references or anything? No, and and... I think even in the realm of Brunsholt, unless you were there pretty sure. recently, 
probably haven't heard of them. What was? What did you say? Frozen Prince? Yeah, Master Peter heard of him. Okay. Uh, no, I haven't heard of a bloody Frozen Prince. What is that? What is that? Well, you know how Hogoth is now. It's not dead, but not alive. I think the Frozen Prince may have done that to him. Or helped. And then he fucking steamrolled a Goliath civilization. With his army of undead. Well, we don't have time for this discussion right now. We gotta secure this perimeter and make sure that we're still safe here. We're not gonna be safe anywhere, Flint. Well, I'm not giving up just yet. And Flint will get up and try to start mustering some help to go, like, secure the perimeter. Well, at this point, you see Olivia running out of the alchemist lab. She turns to you and she's like, Flint, Groth, I need your party here. Donovan needs help. Quickly. Yeah, Flint will look back at everybody else and put his hand on the hilt of his sword and start following Olivia. Everybody gun with? Did uh, Bo yeah. hear the conversation that they just had? I mean, they weren't quiet Yeah, about we're all right it. there. I think yeah, we weren't being quiet, yeah. Aston. Yeah. I think okay. pretty candid. And uh, Kella seems to be okay. Yeah, she seems okay. She's much better now. And Treebark's staying back with her. Yeah, just watching over. Okay. Then yes. Okay. Uh, I think Star is just hearing that someone else that she knows is in trouble. She she gets up and shakes herself off a little bit and starts rushing over to help. I think Kiaren had kind of fallen to the ground and was hugging herself, basically. And then hearing that, will kind of let out a huge breath and then slowly follow. <laughs> okay. Flint, we'll say you're first on the scene here. You rush in and as you're entering, you're noticing these shadowy spirits ripping from down the hall, passing through you, passing around you. Dozens of them, fast. Faster than you could catch. Even if you swung at one with a sword, it just sort of rematerializes and continues. And you round the corner and see this fey door wide open. Disrupted from this incursion oh that's not bloody good and you see this cracked arcane platform or sigil that is spewing this purplish energy and donovan and gator are are fighting these two balls of light floating in air donovan charges forward and thrusts his spear while this beam of light disappears and the other one sort of crackles with energy and jolts a bolt of lightning at gator and we'll roll initiative next time. Did they just start a war in this oh, thing? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Roll podcast. <laughs> nice. Where's Maximus? Nice. Yeah, where's Maximus? He's pissed. He's probably pissed. Also, he's probably he's, giant now because that no, seems he's, right. He's, 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 Hello, friends. Yeah. <laughs> where's the cat? What does he look like? Where's William? Where's Kevin? Where's Crunch? Where's the acid? Is there any poison? Got any poison? Where's the poison? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. 
Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media? Listen to another episode or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zingaring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more and with your support we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12am Pacific Standard Time. See you then.